Hi everybody, I'm Sal, and you're listening to the Elseworlds Exchange, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to comicpop.net for all your YouTube comic book needs. This episode in particular is brought to you by Loot Crate. Go to lootcrate.com slash comicpop, use the promo code TVLittleHouse, and you can save 10% on your own Loot Crate of your own monthly boxes. You don't know what's in them, but they're all really cool. This year, they're really, really stepping up their game. There's a few items, but they're all of high quality, and they're really fun. You've heard the name, now get your own. Go to lootcrate.com slash comicpop, save 10% by using the promo code TVLittleHouse. Alright, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. What a crusade of law. My favorite part is when you start these and we're halfway in the middle of a conversation, so people will just join me. It's like, yeah, that's why I don't like Eskimos. Yeah, and they're like, what? <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> what was the preamble before that? Yeah, I missed this whole lead up. Yeah, you did. Just joined the show and it's like, yeah, and I just, you know, I could never wear those pants again after that. <laughs> <laughs> it was filled. All right. <laughs> Ew. Here, all right. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm IMing you the 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 video right now. I know Are it says sure? Secret Wars, but it's not. It's just stupid. <laughs> it's just stupid. A a glowing recommendation and review of the show we do. The <laughs> Exchange. It's just stupid. Yeah. Tweeted. Oh my God, Kung Fu Panda Three. Stop. <laughs> Stop I, being I a movie. It. Really. I did. I heard good things, which is surprising because the... Seriously, you did? I did. It's, it's not as good as two. It's basically Ugh. a retread of one. Damn it, because it looks really bad. Yeah, it does. And two is so good. Two yeah. is a genuinely amazing sequel because you have a villain with pathos and a character with an arc yeah. and everything. And it's tragic and mature and it's all these other things. And for the third one, they're like, yeah, let's go back and just do the first one all over again. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. you know what they did? They probably looked at the metrics for like TV broadcasts of Kung Fu yeah. Panda 1 and they were like, wow, lots of people like this one. It's like, you know you never show 2 on TV. Like, ever. It's true. And then the other day I saw it on TV and I was like, hey. Oh man, <laughs> Gary Oldman's great. Yeah. He, he friggin' owns that movie as Lord Shannon. I mean, like, that moment when he is literally hoisted by his own petard and we, he will not let his lust for revenge go even yeah. in the final minutes when he gets crushed. I'm like, this is really deep for a supposed kid's movie. Yeah. Now, see, my whenever I think of that movie, I think of the scene with him on the boat and Poe trying to monologue at him and mm -hmm. he's like, what? 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 I, can't, what? I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, I can't hear you. I'm like, that's every time I think of that movie, that's the scene I think of. It's true. And the, and, here, and the worst thing they do is they redo the whole quest for inner peace thing, which yeah, was such a huge point of the second movie, where it's like you must get past this horrible m image of your past to find inner peace. And now it's like, oh, you need to master your chi for the third one. And it's basically the same journey all over again. Right. Boo. Yeah. Mm. I'm surprised, like, I would be surprised if Tai Lung's, like, ghost didn't show up in the third one. You know what? They had a perfect chance to, and they didn't do it, actually. That's weak. Because oh. you know what? Why not? If you're gonna just throw away all your integrity, you might as well just do it all. Here's the thing about Tai Lung. I found out uh, they actually had a whole like backstory written for him in the first one that never got used. It's only like glimpsed at in flashbacks. Oh, that's too bad. How, I mean, like, again, he was supposed to be a sympathetic bad guy too. How he was this kung fu prodigy and Shifu, you know, uh, raised him up above all the other students, so he got a swelled ego and everything. Yeah, and he got angry. I mean, that worked. I think we got that. I mean, like, the, the, I feel bad for Tai Lung from his background, and I love the arc where he just like faces off against Shifu, and he's like, 
I don't want your apology. Yeah. <laughs> like I have uh, no. I, I see what you like. You know what? If you had gotten to me, maybe when I was sent to jail forever. Mm-hmm. And you said you were sorry, I might have had a chance. But, like, this is, you are way too late to learn your lesson, Shifu. Another weird quirk of the Kung Fu Panda movies is how they get all those amazing actors like Jackie Chan and Lucy Liu and David Cross. Yeah. And then they proceed to say very little throughout the course of the movie. In the third one, they come up with a whole new reason for these guys not to talk and not say anything. It's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, I I assumed after the first one they were like, "Nah, let's just not get Jackie Chan anymore," because it's just <laughs> that much. That's just it. Just it's just a paycheck. We're not. We're just we're just wasting. It's like it's like having a gym membership and never going. I guess it's because their names look good on the poster, and I guess they pay them by the word. There's so many names on that poster, you could skip a few. But anyway, yeah. all right, here we go. <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. Whoa. <laughs> I'm having an issue with Joel's video here. Let me just. What, 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 what's happening? What oh, happened? you're 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 like tw- you're wigging out. I think. Oh. I mean, only a little bit, so it works out. It's okay. But uh, there. I, I I just do that from time to time. Right. I know I know most I know most people who wig out. <sighs> but uh, okay, here we go. There we go. All right. Welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange, everybody. I am Sal. This is Joel, and joined with us is Tiffany from Comic Pop. Uh, this is a very special episode because we're today not a hey, crap cat. We're not officially <laughs> talking about comics. We are instead going to talk about Avatar: The Last Airbender. Specifically, and to be fair, they did have comics. They were, co- and we will get to them hopefully in this episode. If we don't just wind up talking about how much the tales of Bowsing say make us cry. So, oh. uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender animated series, seasons one, two, and three, and maybe some of the comics. We're not going to talk about Korra because it's a whole other it's a episode. Whole other episode. Whole another yeah. thing. You could talk about season one Korra and then talk about the re- the tumblerization of Korra. We're not going to. We need today. to wait for a whole nother episode of Korra because Joel needs extra time and research to be a Korra apologist. I, I need extra time to finish the show because oh, I, really? I quit it like halfway through season two. I'm like, this sucks. Click. And then I saw like all these reports from the internet of like what's happening. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I can't know. Uh, but anyway, we'll get into there in a minute. Uh, most of the time we'll talk about comics, but every once in a while we like to kind of dabble into the animation world because Joel's our animation expert and also oh, Tiff and I watched cartoons and continue to watch them to this day. And so occasionally Good we're going to dip our toe in the animation pool. But don't worry, we'll sandwich these episodes with comics. Hardcore comics. That's here at Comic Pub. Hardcore uncut Colombian comics That's like right. Grandma used to make. Yeah, the, the, like, like Grandma used to traffic across the border from America into Canada. Oh, Graham, I gotta visit her in lockup one of these days. (laughs) She took one for the team. (laughs) So, alright. Avatar The Last Airbender is a show that uh, aired on Nickelodeon. It was three Mm -hmm. seasons and then spun out into a new show several, like, a a couple years later. Uh, When I, like, let's talk about our introductions to the show, and then we'll talk about favorite things and stuff like that. Um, uh, my introduction to the show was Tiffany watching it and me being like, hey there, Tiffany, you watching some of your animes? <laughs> She's like, no, this is not an anime, but it is great, and you should shut up and sit down. And I'm like, this looks stupid. And then, and it, and it did. Like, it looked stupid if you're being a cynical jackass. And I sat oh. down, and within, like, maybe 15 minutes, I'm like, I am a lifer. Like, I'm in forever. 
And uh, yeah, I, I had a very similar experience. I did not watch this show until many years till it was actually done and over <sighs> with. And like, and like it had kind of ebbed and I had found it later. Believe it or not, I found it through the Extremely Ordinary Gentleman podcast back when that was a thing. Okay. And I'm like, well, geez, if all these friggin' adults like it, and they were obviously like adult nerds anyway, but some of them had ended up watching it with their kids. Right. They gotten like really <laughs> into it. And I'm like, well, geez, if they like it, maybe I should give it a shot. And much like you, Sal, I was being a cynical asshole for the first like yeah. six episodes. I'm like, ah, this is Saturday morning cartoon bullcrap. I mean, it's okay, but I mean, it's uh, why is everyone losing their mind over it? I can pinpoint the exact second I turned around on it, and it was it was episode seven. It was the first episode with Jet in oh. it, and that's such a brilliant episode because that episode subverts everything that the first six episodes did and yeah. completely flips the script. And I'm like, oh, okay. And that's also <laughs> the episode where the stakes get real and where you find out, oh, this is an actual, real, honest to god war we're in, where the good guys do as much bad stuff as the bad guys do. Yeah, yeah, and there and and there was a. Uh... They were very funny. They were very clever. They did the thing that I love that old cartoon shows used to do, which was, we got all these censors, we can't do this huge list of things, so let's find creative ways to do all those things and yep. get all that stuff in. And I'm thinking specifically of, like, Jet dying. Yeah. Yeah. When he died, I'm like, out later. yeah, did he die? Did he go crazy and die? I don't know. It was left very unclear. Yeah. I'm like, no, that was not unclear. He died. <laughs> he ate it. Yeah. That still made me laugh a lot. For me, the very first time I really got into this show was when it actually aired. And mm. I had missed the first season. I missed the first book. And I came in at the day of Black Sun. Oh, big And episode. I was like, what is this? And where can I get more of it? <laughs> yeah. So, like... I mean, not maybe the best introduction to the show because, it, you know, at that point, so many things have changed. But right. like, it was amazing being able to go back and see them up to this point and then mm -hmm. having to, you know, wait. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, it's, ah. Yeah. But like, I heard about it. You saw like commercials for it all over the place. And like, I, I don't know, like I just I missed it. I, I wasn't like I, I just wouldn't catch it. And I saw that and I was like, that's it. This is it. This is this is me now. Yeah. I'm watching the show. It's it's crazy to think that this was a show that came from Nickelodeon because you don't really think, you know, mature, well-written, series-based, character-based stuff from no. Nickelodeon. You, th you think comedy. You think Rugrats and Hey Arnold. And yeah. All those other well, stuff. and occasionally those shows would go there. More serious shows like, you know, you did have Alex Mack and they and they, they did like Are You Afraid of the Dark? You know, they, mm. Nickelodeon, maybe they weren't the people directly behind those and they weren't the ones writing them, but they were willing to put shows like that on their channel. On their network, so, yeah. You know, like for them to make this leap, certainly in their animation, was a big deal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, I think they were like looking for the next thing. Yeah. And let's be honest, anime is huge and it yep. has huge and for them to take this opportunity to be like okay let's do a completely americanized version of an anime yeah Go. another thing that kept me away right off the bat where i'm like Gee, i don't know americans trying to do their own take on anime this is this ain't right but then you actually <laughs> sit down and watch and you're like oh wow they actually not only do they respect the anime tradition but they respect all eastern culture so you got yeah. a lot of buddhism in there Taoism oh, yeah. in yep. there there's a bunch of stuff on yoga and like acupuncture later on. I'm yeah, like, wow, these guys did this. stuff like that. Yeah. Like, and like the actual like formations they use when they're bending is like real 
kung fu formations and i'm like wow these guys did their homework yeah gotta be honest for a while i i legitimately i took a tai chi class and i was there and like and then i went back and i watched like you know especially book one with the waterbenders i was like oh this is tai chi yeah but when do i learn to make ice and throw it at my (laughs) yeah exactly uh when can i freeze their blood and then smash them against the rocks or when Uh, can i turn them into puppets with blood oh my god now by the time bloodbending came into play we're like we know that this place can get dark and we had like the stakes are already let the first six episodes of the show of the first season of, of avatar the last airbender book one water uh is set up very similarly to a, a, what you'd say is a traditional cartoon show or a traditional yeah. animated show or series uh you could tell that it was story driven you could tell that each episode kind of led into the other one Mm-hmm. They weren't all self-contained, their own continuities. They, you know, they might have all worn the same clothes all the time, but right. you know, they they washed them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but but you could tell that at least with the first couple episodes, they were kind of. I don't know if it, I want to say they were playing it safe, but that you you could. Ex- it, 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 it didn't trick you, or it tricked you rather, into thinking like, okay, I'm watching this show. And then they just raised the stakes. It's like boiling, mm-hmm. it's like killing a frog in hot water. They just raised, it was a slow it was burn. A slow burn. They just raised the temperature a little bit more. Yeah. Until by the time things happened where the shit hit the fan, you might you might have been shocked because you were watching a show that you seemingly assumed was for children, but it was also an, an organic moment that you were like, well, naturally this would happen. And even in the back of your mind, especially if you're a big fan of cartoons, you thought to yourself, this is what should happen, but there's no way they're going to do that. Yeah. Right. And then they I mean, do. And you're like... Yeah, you know what's funny, though, is... If and I didn't watch it from like obviously I didn't watch it like you know like start like episode one you know what I mean <laughs> like I had to catch up and and figure things out but like if you go back and look at that episode list and you take a look at the third episode where they go to the Southern Air Temple yeah. like that is where for me I was like this oh is a shit crap. yeah when he finds all the skeletons <laughs> yeah and he's like yeah. oh here's my friend and yeah. family who have been dead for yeah. hundreds of years yep. exactly like that's the moment where I was like this show. This show, man. Yeah. Like, Not only am is... I alone in this world, but I am a hundred years removed from anyone and everything well, I ever And do. then, not only that, but you also add on the guilt. The guilt yeah. of abandoning his responsibility. Which, of course, you did this. as a Spider-Man fan, I'm all about. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> let's let's talk a little bit about the seasons, and then we'll talk about which one is our favorite, because I know everybody's got their own favorite season. Oh, but the, the thing I want to always point out is... Uh, season, like, seasons one, two, and three, perfectly set up. Thank God they didn't do an air season until after it was already changed. Yeah. But, yeah. like, perfectly set up in a three-act structure. And with the first season, it is very straightforward. It's very much like a kid's cartoon, even though it has yep. dark elements. It's good versus evil. You can tell who the bad guys are. Mm-hmm. You may have had a couple of shades of gray. Specifically, you, you only have really room for Zuko to be nebulous, or maybe he's more of a sympathetic villain in the beginning. You're like, he's the bad guy, but I do feel a little bad for him. That's well, it. It's, it's it's funny. They treat him and Iroh in the first couple episodes almost like a Team Rocket where it's like, I'm a bad avatar. <laughs> exactly. You know what's funny? I never, from the get-go, bought Iroh as a villain. Mm. No, like, I, I never saw him. was on the wrong side, but I never, like... Yeah. In my head, he never fully bought into no, it. No, it's true. I always felt like Iroh was going to turn at some point or another in in for in, in the name of good. Yeah. But uh, the first season itself is good versus evil. You can tell who the bad guys are. I'm thinking of, uh, is it Admiral Zhao? 
Uh, yeah, yes. J Jason Isaac's character. Yes. Yeah, freaking Lucius Malfoy. Yeah, he's just yeah. clearly the bad guy. He, yeah. he he twirls his mustache, he cackles when he achieves bad things, and he <laughs> literally blots out the sun through selfish bullshit. And, like, yeah. and, to, and to bring it back, too, to that Zuko thing in the episode Jet, it's funny, after episodes of getting, you know, his ass royally handed to him, he not only wins a fight, but you find out in that episode, oh, you know, Zuko might be bad, but these other guys are way worse. Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't like him. No, it's yeah. true. That's no, that's see, sweet. I gotta say, like, I know, I I believe that you're a hundred percent correct that like we do have this very much this black and white, um, you know, good and evil thing. And yet at the same time, Ang is constantly challenged with the perception of who is good and who is evil, in, even mm -hmm. in the first season. Yeah. Because when they meet Boomy, you yeah. automatically think this guy is off his rocker. Like I thought he was in season two. What? I thought he was in season oh, no, two. They, they met King Boomy. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, when they go to the king, like to Omashu. Yeah, that's right. Like. You're like this guy's out of his mind, and he is not a good person. And it's like, oh, oh, never mind. Like yeah. he's just a little nuts, you know. Right. Like, well, that's and them. So I think even then they're hinting at like things aren't what they seem. Right. That's the writing like, on the wall that says like don't just don't don't judge a book by its cover. Don't assume that this is where it's coming. Like where this is going. Don't yeah. Don't judge a book by its cover. And in <clears> war, <throat> there are many shades of gray. Yeah. And, but then we get to season two. Wait, wait. Before we even get to season two, like yeah. you can't just go to season two without talking about what happens at the end of season one to transition to season two. Yes, because... The end of season one is such a gut punch. It is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Season one changes, raises and changes the stakes to the point where now we're in this place for season two. It sets up the tone for season two, which is like, you really don't know which end is up and who to trust and who is good and evil. And that's right. kind of, but that's the theme for season two. That's what I was yeah. basically, is that season one's ender, that like two or three parter where they're like, here's the war. And we could tell like the, the, you know, the, the, the water tribe is good and the fire nation is bad, but we have these key players and you have uh, Zuko challenged to just, literally do what he believes is right and you kind of sympathizing with him a little bit like he pushes his body to the limit when he damn near freezes to death and you're like and you're like rooting for him but you know that what he's doing is evil and you're like what's what am i doing what's what's my problem here why am i yeah. rooting for the literally the central villain of the series right well the it's more funny. you let's just uh, think is the more you learn about him the more you can't help but care about him yeah he's in many ways he's kind of the co-protagonist isn't he you know him and ang have this mirrored character yeah. journey throughout the three seasons oh absolutely yeah. um then uh but with season one's cliffhanger or, or rather season ender uh you know ang you know slaughters people and yes. <laughs> uh, yes. uh oh sokka loses his girlfriend Power Cthulhu. Which, by the way... Yeah, my girlfriend became the moon. Tough yeah, break, bro. Tough break, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's rough, buddy. That's rough, buddy. Thank you. That was the line. That, I love that response. By the way, good on Rufio for doing an amazing voice for Zuko. Oh my god, he's we'll so good. We, we'll, we'll get into the voice in a minute, because we have to talk about voice actors, and we'll get that... We'll do that, like, post-show. Post okay. Like, okay. the seasons. Uh, so, season two... Literally, the the gang goes to the authority, like the 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 opposition to evil, and mm. it's and it's a corrupt government, and pretty much the whole damn season is them combating bureaucracy and the evils of that and, and an Orwellian superpower. We are always watching and that, Pleasantville type crap, and that like you can't. I I mean like you could, and it'd be fine, I'm sure, but you can't just throw a you can't throw season two at a kid and say. 
enjoy this cartoon show about show about like you know enjoy this cartoon show here you go it it's it's such a better boil when you go from season one to season two oh, because yeah. because for a child let's say like a kid watching it let's say they're like eight or nine and they're watching avatar the last airbender if they watch season one they've been they they were they're there's a little bit of hand-holding there. There's a little, there's a little bit of, like, guiding. Like, mm. you know what you're doing. You know what you're watching. This is something familiar, and we're all used to this kind of adventure. Then we get to season two, and they have grown up a little bit, but also the show has as well. Mm. And so, as such, they're, they are now prepared for the new challenges, which might be scary and new and, and uncomfortable and disquieting, but they're prepared for it organically because they went through the first adventure. The challenges like Clancy Brown, again, more oh great boys. Oh my God, Lex Luthor! So the, the second he showed up, I'm like, "You're a villain, Clancy yeah. Brown." Yep. <laughs> no question. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. But you know, to your point, like throughout season one, they do put in these little, like, just like, "Hey, by the way." Yeah, but it's not overt. My point being, no, it's, it's not just... overt. I mean, I think the most overt would be the Blue Spirit. Yes. Oh but, yeah. Like the Blue Spirit was literally like, I was like, oh, "What?" The Blue Spirit is literally just like. Zuko's good goodness as a character, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, uh, like, oh. yeah, I, I, I can't admit it. I need a Batman style alter ego to go out and do good. Yeah, uh, right. But at the same time, he's not doing good. Like he's only doing good at like you know for himself essentially. On a selfish, just a little Batman. Yeah, it you is think a about it. Batman. I, I love the end of that episode where freaking Saga asks Ang like, "Oh, did you make any friends?" And he's just like. I don't, I don't think know. so. Yeah. And I'm like, and you're too hopeful. This yeah. guy's a jackass. Yeah. Ugh, that was amazing. Um, so, okay, we get into season two. We talked about Clancy Brown, and we got all these amazing characters. Toph is introduced. Uh, of course. I think that that's like, that was the missing ingredient on yes. that one. It's like, okay, now this is a classic in the making right yeah. here. And she is frustrating and doesn't get along with everybody. And it's it's like what they did with TNG when they introduced Plasky, only this actually worked. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, Team Avatar, when it began with Sokka and uh, Katara and Aang, everybody, they butt heads a little bit, but for the most part, you're kind of like, you know, these three get along. It's like one's hopeful, one's cynical, one has the child yep. like optimism and everything. But then you throw in this monkey wrench in Toph, and she is like, and she challenges everything they do, every decision they make. Just a total fire. Just a total firebrand. She's like, well, how about I rule? How about I lead this thing? And if you want to come, that's fine. But I, I march to my own drum. And she's also daredevil. Yeah, which is great. It's a, and she's yeah. a daredevil. That uh, her her whole character is just amazing. And I was trained by badger moles. I now see through the very earth itself. I am unto a god in earthbending. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Uh, I also love just to, just a quick aside that they never gave Sokka any superpowers. I know that he like, was, he was badass normal. Mind that we made it through the entire series of the Last Airbender and nothing. But like, I think and we had to deal with that sword. too. Like what? He did get a space sword. Though. He does get a space sword, and then he loses. And then he loses it. <laughs> Which, by the way, can I just say how effing disappointed I am? Because when he drops the space sword, I go when when we get to season three and the and and the meteorite sword is lost, I'm like, okay, first of all, this show is gonna be is gonna live on forever, and second of all, there's no way they're never gonna do another series. And what will be the myth? surrounding discover like will it be like an arthurian legend where they find the meteorite sword and they're like who did this belong to and like derek does- totally should have owned the space sword and that should have been part of his weird no, howard hughes you, collection but they just didn't do it space sword again is because toff just found it 
Yeah. She they have an approximate like where it fell. Yeah. You can feel it. It felt totally different than anything else on Earth. It's true. true she should have been able to find it. Uh but uh anyway, with um with, with, yeah, well, again, Joe, yeah. we're still on the subject of Sokka. What oh, yeah. I dug yeah. about his character, like you said, is that he he's badass normal, never gets yep. any powers. He does get a little training. You kind of see him get better and better, and I think Sokka is such a great point of view character for yes. just normal people, where it's like, if I was on this team, I'd be this guy, Yep. wouldn't I? Where it's like, you know, I, I try my hardest and everything. And the fact, too, that you see him become a better fighter by kind of also, you know, getting over a bunch of his cultural stigmas yeah. and prejudices, like that whole stuff with the Kyoshi warriors, where he's oh, like, women yeah. can't be warriors, then they all royally kick his ass. And yeah. I love like, the okay. Kyoshi warriors. They're super great. What They're a, a great, lot of fun. And, and what a fun, like, it's a, it's an obvious, when you break everything down, and you're like, so women can be just as powerful as men, but like, what a really clever slash organic slash genuinely cool device to deliver these like parables oh. and messages and morality like yeah. what a brilliant way to 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 get your message across without being hammy without being planet fucking tears yeah and i know we're going to get to this by the time we get to the end of season two in our conversation but much like ang every character on this show including Sokka fails and they're not afraid to show us yes. that and it's because mm. of that like like not only they're not like afraid to do that they're they are not afraid to let their characters change like you said like and, like Sokka grows yeah oh and Sokka real is the thing like they all have like you know real honest to goodness human faults and everything like it's easy not to like Aang sometimes just because oh, he's yeah. the hero yes. of the story doesn't mean you have to like him 100% of the time he's manipulative he's childish occasionally yep yep uh, there's the bit where he burned Katara, where I was always mad at him for that, where it's like, <laughs> oh, but no, it's, it's okay, though, I burned her, but if I didn't burn her, she wouldn't have found out she had healing power, so I'm technically fine. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the thing about Sokka, and this is my last point about him, is just we have in the show every nation represented through a major character, and I think Sokka kind of like represents humanity like he's just like regular people he, he he is the sam in this lord of the rings yes he's just like i'm surrounded by like practically demigods who can control the fucking weather and mm. what can i do and how can i measure up and it's like i throw you, a boomerang well and it's like dude like you do measure up because you're a part of this world like because yeah. you are like we're all cut from the same cloth i might be able to shoot fire but i'm all, but but like you're a man like well, and not, not like a man i mean like a like a human but because he is a human, what Sokka brings to the table is a perspective that isn't just, well, I won't just rely on my powers. Like, I have to mm -hmm. think about everything that's going on around me. And that, I think, allows him to be the leader that he is and, and be able to, to create the plans that he inevitably does create. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, he's the cynical one and he's the smart one. And to drag it back to that Jet episode for a second, what's great that they subvert about him in that episode is they're like, look, sometimes you should be cynical and you should yeah. ask questions because sometimes you run into, you know, you know, uh, manipulative people. Uh, uh, yeah, manipulative <laughs> Svengali lies. And you know, sometimes you need someone to see through the bullcrap. That's right. Yeah. And uh, and of course, everybody in the chat is talking about the fact that like Sokka is the master strategist of the team. Yeah, yeah. But like that only developed like a muscle throughout the show. Like yeah. he wasn't just automatically great and brilliant. He yeah. had to earn that, and he had to grow it. And even when he was brilliant he was unsure of his decisions, which mm -hmm. makes for a brilliant leader. Like yeah. he is not 100% certain that his plans are gonna work and he 
like is concerned about the stakes and the the dangers that he's putting people in by his decisions and that's really I cool imagine, i just imagine Sokka as abe lincoln there where it's like <laughs> you know, i think of this battle of all the widows that it may create <laughs> yeah exactly uh so all right let's get to the end of season two where uh just everything Amazing goes finale. to shit and it's like oh, it's it the perfect the empire, empire. back yeah yeah no, I mean, yeah. it's literally the Empire oh, Strikes Back. He's off training with a magic guru, and he has to make the choice between finishing his training, which may turn the tide of the war, or, or help his friends. Yeah. And, and he like, does the second one. Yep. You, you know, and, like, the lead-up to the end of that season, where they were just like, everything is not great. I mean, we, we didn't, you mentioned at the beginning of the show, the Tales of Ba Sing Se, where you get that amazing Iroh episode. Ugh. Like, that, just that little mini story, which breaks my heart every um, time I watch leaves it. from the vine falling <laughs> oh, I, I can't i can't even i, I can't yeah. um and it's even and then, sadder because mako the voice actor passed away not long after I yeah know. it's so like it's, yeah it's just it's just like one of the like hardest parts for that whole series for me and then and then on top of it like we get the whole episode of appa's lost days where you <gasps> see like all right. Yeah, he's, he's missing the whole season. Yeah, we like watch like our like protagonists, our like these human protagonists go through something hard or, or fail or like see experience death or loss. To see an animal like Appa have to go through that, like what amazing character development, voice acting, and yeah. honestly just you know story to make us feel so horrible. Yeah, and, like, so mm. attached to this sky bison well like, it's amazing to make the batmobile into a character <laughs> because right? like they don't neglect the fact because it's like it's Appa's the turtle van or the or the batmobile yeah. or you know the, the quinjet but the fact is or the battle van because it's an animal it has to have the same level of respect and attention that all the other characters get. And we're dealing with an incredibly Eastern mindset for this mm -hmm. show. So of course the animals are important. And of course the animals have the bison is the spirit animal of the airbend. Exactly. Like, and he's the last sky bison. So like you gotta, you gotta deal with this character and you got it. And if every character has an arc, then this freaking sky van has to also be <laughs> this, the, the, the spruce moose has to also be, like a character and and the development of appa is beautiful and amazing as well and you know and of course you throw in momo in there yeah, and the friendship that those two inevitably create because at first they're kind of like eh, but like the two of them are so fantastic yep. together and i'm so happy that like nobody could speak momo like that no nah. one could read their minds there was right. no like familiars or anything they're just right. they're just well-trained animals right. and they I mean, just like, live with you that's made evident when you know in in the um blue spirit when you know katara and saga are sick, get sick. And they desperately need <laughs> momo to get water <laughs> yep and he just won't do it he's just getting everything but the thing they desperately want <laughs> did uh did you know apparently in the original planning stage zuko was supposed to have a pet too he was supposed to have like oh. a falcon or something Thing, which you actually see a couple fire nation falcons originally yeah. he was supposed to have boss? one that yeah, would not surprise me and i guarantee you they would have killed that falcon oh yeah he, he <laughs> seems like a bird guy doesn't he that zuko fella he seems like one of those weird bird people right so, uh, the kind of pet you can't cuddle yeah <laughs> yeah the kind of pet that kills smaller people's pets <laughs> like mice feed, like you know yeah you, you need to feed like raw mice to it exactly also, yeah, that's another thing in the show all the animals are these weird like hybrid animals yes okay genius brilliant and obvious and simple but for some reason done in such a beautiful cute way and it's not they don't beach over the head with it no they don't no. 
No, they don't. Except for the one bear, to which everyone's like, bear, yeah, bear, a bear what? Just a I bear. love that. They're like, bear. what do you mean? What is that? Like, how it's weird. A platypus bear or? Or, no, no just a it's brown a bear. bear. Like, that's weird and scary. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Which, which begs the question, at what point in this world did all animals become hybrid and why is this one bear just a bear? Yeah, now here's a question. I oh. assumed it was that the bear was like either the next step in evolution or was a mutant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mutants are like, it's a dog. Like what? A, okay, what's your favorite animal? Like not including the main characters, just just peripheral oddball animals. Mm-hmm. Mine There's is a lot of good ones. mine's the turtle duck. Oh turtle my god, ducks. the baby turtle ducks! Yes. Fuck you, Azula. Okay, now <laughs> let's because we're in season two. I I was gonna say like uh, what's his name uh, Admiral Zhao and his whole bullshit from season one. He's a mustache twirling evil villain, right? Yep. He's bad guy, but he also has faults, and he's like and he has hubris, and he's not very bright. And he, and he, like, his his greed is his downfall. Azula is, like the whole season of of part two, is so much more complicated and oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and problematic and unbeatable. And, and she sticks around, too. And she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't go away. And you're like, but, like, that, that new villain is so brilliantly crafted because, yeah. because she's, because you can't just kill her. Because number one, she's unkillable, and number two, by season two, you love Zuko, and you want this son of a bitch to just turn around, (laughs) and you know that killing or murdering his sister is not going to solve the problem. It's true. So you know that they make her like the Terminator. She is like the Terminator. Yeah, they just they just can't get away from her. She she's like doing the gel man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she is unstoppable. And then you find out like maybe she might have had a hand in murdering her own mother. Yeah. Yeah. Which turned out not to be true Which, later. You know, if you read the comics, comic pop, uh, you'll find out more. But you know. But still, I mean, the fact that like she would even make you call that into question—the fact that she really did not, like, she really couldn't see reality for what it was. Like, her mother loved her, and she just couldn't. Conceive. Yep, her damn near Shakespearean descent, like Lady Macbeth descent, yeah. to madness by that- the end. It's spectacular. And by gibbering insanity. Yeah. And by season three, they also, of course, the the brilliance of DiMartino and whoever are like, are going like, it's hey, and thank you, are going like, hey, let's make Azula a little sympathetic too. Let's give no, you an episode where she and her little cohorts all delve into like their own personal episode, a beach Indeed? episode, a beach episode, yeah. where we actually realize what an anime trope. Let's send our characters to the beach for an episode. Let's put our characters into some is into some some tumbler sparking bikinis and see where it goes. But we actually make Azula a little sympathetic. You're like this, like this is what happens when like a megalomaniacal vi- villain tries to fuck can relax for a few minutes and they just yeah. can't I mean, it's amazing yeah I, I can't switch off man i can never switch <laughs> off even when i'm playing volleyball i just can't switch and off. even then like you feel bad because like you could tell that she's just her she is insane and her her brain is just a little is wired a little wrong and be, yeah. because her her interpretation of events is so skewed mm-hmm. that she, you know, like her mother loved her and she just refuses to admit that because she's like, no one could cause I'm a monster. And you're like, that's fucked up. <laughs> talk about, talk about an important haircut too. I mean, this show puts so much emphasis on hair and yet it very means Japanese. So like, like, like think of it. Aang has no hair. Sometimes he has long hair. You know, she has a very important haircut. Yep. Yes. Yes. You know, Katara, Katara with her hair loopies, which man, that's got to be a cosplay nightmare to try and do that. I get, I assume those are fake. When with uh, <laughs> not hers, I mean hers are obviously real because it's because it's a cartoon. But like, yes. 
cosplayers. No, 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 I'm just kidding. No, these are just weaves. But yeah, um, all right. So then we get, uh, how do, uh, I guess we'll end season two uh, the with the big assault, the Day of Black Sun. So cool. And how you're like, okay, I guess they're ending the show now. Because we've we've done this is again a show that doesn't dare to take a trope and then turn it on its ear, mm-hmm. where they're like, mm-hmm. okay, all the all the protagonists wait, are. Wait, I thought I thought the day of Black Sun came in book three. Oh, maybe it did. No, no, no. The, the end of book two is like is the, the assault. Empire Strikes Back moment. Yeah, it's, it's where they Empire all Empire Strikes Back. He comes back. You know, they're all in the crystal cave yes. and everything, and yeah. he gets hurt. It's, a, so we it's can't after do the thing they anymore. get rid of Lake Lau guy. That's it. And uh, so they like you got the protagonist underground, so it's you got everybody paired off, the main characters all fighting, and you've literally brought back all the peripheral characters that you've made and met in the last two seasons. It's even the soggy swamp guy's pants are an illusion. Yeah, throw them at your problem, and then they fail. Yeah. Wait, are, are we, we still wait. Are we still talking about the day of Black Sun, or we're we talking about under just the oh the end of the show like or the end of the of season two where the end of season two i think is when they're underground and azula shows up and zuko yeah. is there and she yeah, the makes him she's like yeah she's like no you should no you gotta come oh, that's even right. though even though uh zuko and katara have been stuck together and like she was kind of swaying him and yeah. like you know she, she, was, she was, really... was gonna use her magical healing water to fix his face yeah yeah and, yeah and then he completely betrays everyone and that's when azula lightning bends into ang mm. while he's in the avatar state and kills him breaking the line of avatar yeah yeah that's that's the big join me on the dark side yeah yeah Yeah, exactly um you you say again this is a show that's loaded with star wars and i'm not just saying that because the villains shoot lightning but the (laughs) villains shoot lightning but they do yeah it's true yeah um so all right then we end on that season where like ang is not dead we assume i think they i don't even think they let us think he's dead when they ended, up. I think she like uses jacked up something. Horrible. Yeah, but they and she uses yeah. the healing on her. Uh, there was a yeah. And yeah, she she heals him, but like. But he has not any power. Right, and when he wakes up, he he's been so like not with us that he now has hair. Yes, yeah. So like, he's been know out that for that long. Significant time has passed, and a lot has like what a great device too, because that means they progress the story a little bit more. And I thought that was so brilliant. Like, good for you guys. Yeah. Like, how do you make the story progress without getting Aang involved and him helping to make decisions that don't always turn out for the best? Well, and all right, so we we do we do this thing where where um we've been building up Zuko's character from season one and season, mm. into season two, and we're even getting to the point where maybe he'll actually become a good guy, and then of course he go he falls to the dark side, and we and and as a viewer of the show, I'm like okay. Where are we gonna freaking go from here? And, and we do the best thing. We actually get to hang out with him and his family. He's like, I thought this would make me happy. Ex- and we see, we see how unfulfilling yeah. being a bad guy really. Because because at the beginning, Zuko was the bad guy, but only because he wouldn't leave our main characters alone. He didn't kill right. anybody. And, and only and only because he wanted to go home. That yeah. was his big. I want to go home. Yeah, he's like, I don't care about you guys. I only care about you because because an authoritative figure is attached like a goal to you as my dad kicked me out of the house and brutally scarred my face and say i can't come back until i essentially get the holy grail yeah basically my dad threw me threw me out and said you can never come home but he left a loophole that i will not refuse to exploit i will do that to to complete this let's face at the time impossible task because the avatar had been missing for like a hundred years so he gave him an impossible task to complete yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. So and let's not forget the fact that at the end of that season two, Iroh is arrested. Okay. Yeah. 
We lose Iron. Uncle he loves and who was always by his side is now yeah, in jail. He completely betrays everyone. Our team avatar who he was clearly like struggling with what's good, what's not. He betrays the uncle who has been on this journey with him since he was exiled. Yeah. Like, like for me at that moment, I was like, really? Yeah. Come on. Well, that's, that's what's so great about it is you're like, we were, you were doing all this, all this building, man. And it's, but it's brilliant by the writers because they're like, no, he, he, he doesn't know the difference. Yeah. He needs to see how unfulfilling that decision is. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then he does it, and and to go and follows it through its logical closure point. And you're like, wow, this is this is a deep show. Yeah. I, uh, can, in this season two, he hires that uh, bounty hunter, uh, Sparky Sparky Boom Man, who we and, never yeah. get any origin. Love on, that. See a cool design. He's basically yeah, he's basically Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's cool, I guess, and he's kind of a badass, and and there's no background for him whatsoever. Right. Um, can I, we can also just say with uh, with the end of season two. And there's something I wanted to bring up, and I don't remember what it was anymore. Ah, well. Um, I'm sure it'll come to me. But, well, yeah. Was it Zuko working in a tea shop? That was fun. That was really fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, Zuko going on a date. Oh, was kind of we, we never talked about Tales of Bossing Say, which is such an important episode from 2. Mm. Oh, that's what it was. Um, when I introduced this show to a friend of mine, I think I borrowed somebody's DVDs, and I had seasons 1, 2, and 3. And I was like... I had visited... It was a, I was visiting my old college roommate, and we were watching some shows... And I was like, oh, you should watch Avatar. Back before the Blue Cats, and you could call it that, and no one was like, what are you talking about? Uh -huh. And uh, they were like, and he was like, all right, I'll watch this silly children's show for you. And we watched the first like couple of episodes of season one, and uh, it was my last day being there. You know, I was like going to get in the car and drive home either like that night or the next morning. So usually that's where like we eat something and then just go to bed. But like in this case, I'm like, oh, I'll just watch a couple episodes of Avatar. We got all the way through to season two. <laughs> oh nice like nice. and I, when I say that I mean like oh let's watch a couple episodes eh. and then he was just like okay now let's watch the next one and then the next one and we got all the way through season one he's like and there's season two and we threw that on and we get to, to Tales of Bossing Say and it ends with uh, with Iroh saying happy birthday to his son and then it says for Mako because he's fucking dead at that point yeah. dead the real guy and Sam my, my old college roommate he just sees that and like tears running down his 30 year old face yeah. and he just looks and he just goes damn like yeah. that's it just damn and he's yeah. like how did this cartoon make me cry as if, as if to say like damn i guess i'll have to watch another season of this show yeah. and then, so we literally watched the show in like a day <laughs> it was that's messed a, that's up a feat yeah yeah i think i left it i think i left it at season three i'm like I, we I finished season two and i'm like you just watch felt, it like chills go through me when you reminded me of the end of, like that i yeah first of all that guy like mako was amazing yeah incredible he voice was. actor and like it was such a loss to lose him for the third season i mean his friend <sighs> did an amazing job he did a lovely job but it wasn't but him. having that be like one of the last episodes he worked on and then to dedicate that episode to him i was just like i mean like that episode no matter what like that part of the story would have had an effect on me yeah but to add that extra bit of information onto it, it's mm -hmm. just like that's what it was, and it, like that's what like, hit. There's, there's nothing like like you can have other emotional like impacts on me, but nothing is going to hit me in the same way as that. Yeah, nothing you do in the next season or the rest of this season <laughs> is gonna punch me in the face. Yeah. And, so and then they follow it up with an episode like the headband, where they do basically an Avatar version of Footloose. Oh right? my god. 
That was that was fun. You needed it. Well, that's the that's the thing is that they were so brilliant in there. Like, let's do some heavy shit, and then we'll do a slapstick or like a silly one, like just a one off. But you know, that's an important episode too because that episode shows you Fire Nation propaganda and why you get to peek behind the curtain and see why they believe what they believe. Well, it also helped. But that like it's not just like if Zuko does like at that point we don't know if Zuko's gonna turn around or not. But if he does, it's not just him. Yeah. Like the issue really comes down to the military. And and the government, like yeah. that's where the problem is. Yeah, you need to you need to show that freeing the Fire Nation is a is an achievable goal. <laughs> yeah, if if you can get to the young people and if you can help the next generation. Yeah, because you know? like yeah. otherwise, there's just there's if if everybody is brainwashed, you're you have more than a few wars in front of you now. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it, it was this season two we had the Puppet Master, and I can't believe we've gotten this far ugh. into it, and we haven't talked about. Katara, who I have to say, Katara, you know, is probably like, you know, like in my mind, I like her more than Aang. I think she was more of a hero in the story than Aang. I like most. Almost has like a Luke Skywalker thing. I I like most of the main characters more than Aang. Aang for me was consistent and surprised me at times, but my 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 favorite characters were never Aang. No, um, I mean, you I know do, what Aang is? We... Aang, Aang is part of that same club as, like, Goku and Harry Potter and even yeah. Luke Skywalker, where they do their job, but everyone around them is yeah. more interesting. Yes. For, for me, I always felt, like, I know that the decisions that Aang had to make, like, especially when it came down to the Fire Lord, like, they were important and everything. But for me, I always felt like Zuko's journey was a thousand times more difficult. Yes. And for me, he was a greater hero. To some, like you know what they, I mean? Like they both had eek I would say like while Zuko you went on Zuko's journey more, like you saw the struggle of Zuko more. Like you saw Zuko it, it dealing with more human drama. But um I think that proportionately Aang and Zuko both had like the same weighted problem where they're both like oh, yeah. you know, Aang literally oh. is responsible for the death of his race. That's a oh, pretty no, substantial certainly. problem. No, certainly. But I mean like Zuko has like to not only face outward issues like his his father the the you know the the very idea of the fire nation yes um you know voiced by Mark Hamill so you know he's got yes. daddy issues so great <laughs> um honor and then but his also his own inner demons yes. you know like Zuko's getting it from everywhere yep yep they, there's no character that Zuko meets that doesn't challenge him and force him to look inward and question what he's doing I'm yeah. I, I'm reminded I don't know if you guys ever read Scout but there was a character in that book who was very similar uh, I, th- I think his name was Diesel and there's a bit that Jason Aaron writes where he's like you know I wake up every day and I pray to God you know why because God is gonna crap on me all day long but I just take it and I endure I endure like a <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> That's like, true. That's basically Zuko. He endures like a motherfucker. It's true. Every day. Yeah, yeah. No matter what. Even when he betrays the like the only people that he might call friends, and then asks them to like forgive him. Oh my god. Yeah. That is for me like what greater thing can a person have to like overcome is your own humility. Like you know what I mean. Yep. You have to go there and be like, hey. I fucked up so bad. Yeah, and he's on probation for a long time too. Everyone has to have a little field trip with Zuko. Yeah, everybody except for Toph. <laughs> except for Toph, was like, he's fine. That's cool. If we, if we could have had one more episode, I would have gotten on a field trip too. But you know, yeah, yeah there was no time for that. Those are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean the Zuko rep- like episodes? The, yeah. Zuko, the what we should call the Zuko Chronicles? 
Yeah, Zuko and yeah, friend. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like those last four, like a bunch, like two back-to-back -back ones. That's what it was. You know, it was like, okay, we got to get you back on the good guy side so you can train Aang for the ultimate thing. Exactly. The one with, like, he and Katara going was spectacular. Oh, yeah. my God, that revenge episode. Oh, yeah. Darkest episode of the season where it's like, uh, Katara, I want revenge on the man who killed my mother and you're going to help me. And then we find the man and he is a pathetic shell of a human being. I know. And, and I love like Aang's like, don't do this. And like Zuko's like, like, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. Like, you don't you have no idea. You don't understand revenge. See, yeah. See, that's when I like Aang the most. Aang is just like the angel on the shoulder in that yeah. one moment. Yep. But it's also like you can understand that. <sighs> You know, while Aang wound up being right, he is a sanctimonious pain in the ass sometimes. Yes. Like, yeah. shut the fuck up, oh, Aang. Sure. Yeah. When, you know what? Like, I get that, you know, the Fire Nation killed your, your family. And your uh, people. But you, A, you, you were responsible for that, and B, you didn't watch it happen. Uh, yeah. When you see it happen and can prevent it, you call me like <laughs> talk to me about that yeah also too hey remember in season one ang when all you wanted to do was ride on animals we dropped that pretty quick didn't we yeah oh, yeah 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 it's true that was, that was his bucket list to ride on all these animals they're like yeah maybe we should drop this from the show yeah, yeah. so all right uh season three uh, we have that's when we have the day of black sun that was like the mid-season finale that's it where they were like okay this is probably gonna be the end not and by mid-season finale i mean it took over six months for the to come back and what a downer to end on yeah like mm -hmm. you don't just leave us there just hanging there like yeah hey yeah you know you're gonna have to wait yeah Sorry. that was yeah that uh, i don't i uh, that was a rough time because we were like what happens we, uh, we didn't mention it too, but I guess another thing to bring up is the fact that when we find out that, you know, Aang's family and the Fire Lord family, how they're actually kind of connected. They're really like, brothers? Oh. You're like, ho. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I was hoping at some point we'd come back around and talk about Roku and uh, Ozot. Uh, yeah. I, I love that the old uh, Fire Lord there, it, it wasn't Ozot, it was like Oolong or something. Oh, it was, like um... <laughs> that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but they, yeah. But they're all Japanese. But that dude, that dude was voiced by uh, Ron, Ron Perlman. Perlman. The Fire Lord before was Perlman. I'm like, by God, they have every great voice actor in this show because it's Andrea Romano. It's true. It, she just went. She just grabbed her Batman the Animated Series cast list and was like, "Who do we need?" Except for Kevin Conroy. I won't call him. No, forget him. Nobody cares. Well, you know, <laughs> you know why? I bet she did, and she was like, "It's just Batman." It just sounds like Batman's on the it show. It would just be Batman and anything yeah. that he did. I mean, one of the things we skipped was, uh, well, we'll talk about voice. We should talk about voice actors as a whole separate thing. But like, yes. yeah. Um, all right. So season two, season three, they end the show in the mid. Like, thank you. Sozin. So oh yes, because Sozin's comedy yeah. has a whole episode. Exactly. Don't challenge me, Sozin. <laughs> I'll just kill you. Uh, so yeah, the the day of Black Sun was an amazing like gut punch of a sh of, of a season of a half season finale. Then we come back and I think they got extra episodes. I think the idea was they were gonna do like they were gonna end like it in three, and then they got like four more, and they were like woohoo! And that's how they got to do the uh, the 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 Ember Island Players episode, where they got to recap the whole show. Meta work. Yeah, how incredible. It's that a clip episode. show without really having a clip show. It's great. Yep. It's a clip show with all the work of a regular episode. Uh, and they and they went and they were like, hey, and guess what? Plot development still in this episode. And good-natured good jabs at the fan base and the audience and everything and, you know, reaction. I thought that was so genius. Honor! I was just going to say, 
that. That's the funniest thing. I still laugh at that. Well, my favorite line is I'm about to tear bend and I'm like, yeah, she did cry a lot in season one. Unless she's like, she's like, everyone's exaggerating. I'm not a, I'm not a big preachy cry baby who's always giving inspirational speeches about hope all the time. And then she's giving one and she's like, God damn it. <laughs> Apparently that is what I am. And, and Zuko, as he's watching, he's just sinking lower and lower into his chair. Like, wow, I was awful, wasn't I? Yeah. <laughs> that moment where they like have like, it's amazing because Toph and Zuko don't go on a little adventure. But Toph and Zuko's conversation there is amazing. And, and they bring it back to Iroh, where she's like, you know, I met an old man once. Oh, that was amazing. Iroh yep. and Toph meeting and then never really addressing that again. Yep. Like, never addressing it in the in the place where they're like, hey, uh, you mean you and me and I? Oh, like, they didn't do that. They were And the fact, and the fact that Toph is the only one who actually likes how she's portrayed in the play as like a big, big muscle-bound head guy. She's like, yeah. oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Because originally, that's what the character was supposed to be. They had envisioned right. it as a guy, and then they're like, no, nah, maybe it should be a woman. Yeah, you yeah. know what? Let's have it a little girl. <laughs> have it an adorable little girl. At some point, I hope we come around to a character that doesn't mean anything, but I adore, which would be the boulder. Oh, the boulder. From that that whole episode of all <laughs> those wrestling archetypes, like, ooh, the evil Fire Nation foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> the boulder, I, I assume they, like, tried to get the rock, and he said they no. They did, and he couldn't do it. So they were like, fuck him. Let's make the rock it. would totally have done it though if he had time. Yeah, and they made it the boulder. Yeah, <laughs> the boulder says what, 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 what the boulder says. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Such good, and the fact that so many of those background characters came back, like the cabbage guy. Okay, the cabbage merchant, hilarious character. Uh, I don't, I got it, I understood all three it. Three seasons. My cabbages. That's funny. I guess that's fine. He's a move the car George moment character for me, but yeah. Yeah. Or, or frothing mouth guy in the background. Oh my god! Oh my yeah, the. God. <laughs> <laughs> I was just good. so excited. Yep. Good old frothing mouth guy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, a, a, jo a joke they would actually bring back Cabbage Guy. They'd bring him back again for core. Or at least they would have a descendant of him come back. I think they have like a company. Yeah, it's Cabbage Corp. Yeah, 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 Cabbage Corp. My Cabbage Corp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, genius. That was that. Yeah, for me, that's one of the cleverest things they did in that show. Um, Let's. Can we just circle back really quickly to the Amber Island players because that show, that episode's so great, and then the ending to that is so dark. Yeah. It's, yes. It's, where like right, we're watching a Fire Nation play. They're right. How they think it ends. Yeah, that's right. They're like, wait a minute, that it's not over yet. <laughs> They're like, no, 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 it is. We're watching a piece of propaganda. Yeah. Which I love how what a slightly accurate portrayal of everything is. So it must blow the like audience's minds where they're like, no, don't don't kill everyone. But they still cheer, and you're like, okay, that's rough. Yeah. Or, or, or the fact that when they leave, I, I couldn't help but feel that the line they say was, you know, the writers kind of tagging the movie that was coming out, where they're like, well, that sucked, but the effects were nice. That was amazing. Yes. Okay, now the movie was being, I assume it was in development or finished at that point? So they had to have known the creators at this point. They had to have known what a turd it was when they were writing it. Yeah. Um, let's, talk about the let's talk about the movie after we're done with the, with the show. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. 
just that needs his whole yeah so the show ends and it's brilliant and beautiful uh mark hamill is a tour de force actor who yeah. god damn it who is. they introduce like like they've been he, they've been teasing him but he really doesn't do anything until season three yeah he's kind was of a, shadowed he hung out he really only became a thing near the end and kind of a bold move to be like your main it, it's very return of the jedi and that your main villain the real Emperor, bad guy yeah. is not introduced until like the tail end of your last show of the mm -hmm. of the last act of your show but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm but, the Phoenix King now. What's your plan? I'm gonna literally burn the entire world. <laughs> yeah, just. I, I gotta tell you, I loved that fight at the end. I that, thought it was oh, spectacular. But for me, it was the Zuko Azula Katara fight. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. the that music the for best. that. Nickelodeon, shame on you for not putting the soundtrack out. Shame yeah. on you. I would give you all my money. <laughs> I, I, I love how they got around showing blood. For the Katara stuff, because she gets hit and then her water jug just leaks out everywhere. And I'm like, ooh, you did blood without doing blood. Yeah. Yep. Good yeah. Um, that fight is just spectacular. To, yeah. where, to where, again, she's just raving Azula, you know, yeah. just, and just like, pure she's insanity. She's destroying her own kingdom that she finally has now, and it's just making her more angry. Yeah. Um, For me, the best part of that is Toph and Sokka taking out the airships. Oh my also god! Okay. And, and how for a second that they're not gonna make it? Yeah, I'm like they're gonna kill these fucking characters, and I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> now we have Zuko. We have a new character. We can get rid of those. We have too many main characters. We could kill at least three of them. <laughs> Toph, who mastered metal bending in this time, becoming the first metal bender of her generation, creating a <laughs> she, whole new style. She's basically Bender from Futurama. She's like, oh, I'm even greater than I thought I was. <laughs> Bite my shiny earth ass. <laughs> well, eventually she has a metal ass because she goes into the airship and then creates a suit of armor out of it and just beats the shit out of people. Yes. What I love, too, is those two dumb guards on that ship. Those, oh, my those God. are the two creators. That's Kanitsko and DiMartino. <laughs> is that when they're, uh, where they're like, they remembered my birthday. Carrying over from the, like, essentially the first episode, the fact mm -hmm. that Iroh was you know dishonored because he couldn't take Ba Sing Se. Yeah. And for them to turn it around into he was meant to take Ba Sing Se back. He was like, the defender of it. Like, yeah. Blew my mind. That's right, because he had like a vision that he was gonna take it and he's like, no. <laughs> I and misinterpreted all, it. And that all the cool old dudes we had met up until that point were actually part of some secret Illuminati force. Oh, right? Yes. Seeing them so get to like kick ass and take names awesome yeah and be old while they do it That's also cool. <laughs> yeah it's true we're old as hell and we don't care we're gonna beat you all up it's amazing yeah, watch out um uh, all right so the show we, we so much happens that like the, it's hard to cover it that all. it's hard to cover it all but like they end the show and it's like okay uh brilliant brilliant uh, brilliant setup i guess we could talk about the shippers and zutara and katang <laughs> I guess we'd have to talk about this at some point, which makes me even happier that Tiff is on the show, so it's not just me and Sal, two dudes, talking about this topic. Yeah. yeah. A lot less weird. <laughs> yeah. Just a bit. Just a bit. Um, so, all right. I, 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 for one, am happy with the ships that the show provided to me, and I am not in <laughs> any way one of those types. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I dug what we got. 
I liked the implication of what was going to happen. You know, like, oh, shit. Like, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Aang is too young for Katara. Maybe she and, maybe she and Zuko it, it work together. It just seemed like that, though. I will say that. It's like, wouldn't it have been more interesting if they were just friends by the end of it? Wouldn't, wouldn't that have also been a subversion? But they're like, nah, nah, I guess, you know, happy endings for everybody. I'm glad, I was satisfied with how that happened, but I also felt like it was a little bit of fan service. Plus, you know, the fact that they did it means that they could have their J.K. Simmons son in the future. Ugh, he was yeah. so great. We're not talking about that. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> no, like, I was, I was like, when they did that episode with Katara and, and Zuhu, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know I wanted that. But they had kind of been hinting at that whole thing, like, early in season one. They were like, kind of, maybe, who knows? Not going to happen. Never yeah. Happen. And then it was like, <laughs> and then, of course, you, you read things like Batman Beyond 2.0 and you're like, well, maybe she and Suga hooked up and had a kid somewhere else, and then she got together. With him. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, if Kyle Higgins wrote this, or if the guy who wrote like the newest Naruto movie, I'm sure that would have happened. <laughs> I, I, I know nothing about Naruto. Ne- neither do I. <laughs> best, I. Neither do I. I'm watching a two best friends let's play right now, and they're talking about it. I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but the the shipping was cute. I always I always uh, was pushing for um for Sokka and Toph to get together. Yeah, I think that's too obvious, where it's like, eh, you're the other two on the team. You're the shaggy Velma of this team. Yeah. yeah. You need to get together just because of that. Right, just because you're the, you're a guy and girl. That's, yeah, but you know, sometimes can't... people are just incompatible, and the interesting thing about Toph is that she was seemingly alone for the rest of her life, even though she did have kids. She lived, like, the rest of her days alone, which yeah. is kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. I did like, um... Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, even in the beginning of the show, they were they were pushing the whole, like, uh, Katara and Jet relationship. And oh, yeah. no, no, Yeah, it was weird. Uh, shipping is interesting. That was one of the first things that I ever saw, like, shipping taking place. People get, like, really serious about it. Yeah, me too. People get I, real like, mad about I it. I checked out of anime at that point, so yeah. Yeah, I, that, yeah, I remember that being, like, a thing where I'm like, people were like, so what do you think about uh, Aang and, or about uh, Zuko and Katara getting together? I'm like... Well, they're not going to because it's a children's cartoon. Like, yeah, really. Boker mentioning that we didn't talk about the Boiling Rock episode, which we <sighs> kind of touched on because that is part of Zuko and his and his friend adventures. Yes, um, cool, cool prison episode, and you know we also yep. you know learn more about like the one who Zuko was actually paired with, who they did get together, and then the comics actually undid their relationship, which is funny. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although oh, they're actually, the, great, the newest uh, comics actually working them back together. Oh, okay. right. Okay, so um, the show ends, and we seemingly never get any more Avatar The Last Airbender outside of a terrible movie and a completely different cartoon show that references the show a lot, but doesn't actually succeed in giving us what we had before. Um, But then they made Mm -hmm. these comics. They did. And if you're not familiar with the comics that I think are published by IDW... No, Dark Horse. Dark Horse, okay. Uh, it's The Promise, The Search, The Rift, and the newest one that's two issues in right now is called Smoke and Shadow. Yes. Now, I read the first two because I assumed The Promise was going to be about Zuko's mom, which was a running element that we never really got any resolution to. They they joke about that in the first episode of Legend of Korra, where it's like, hey, did we ever figure out what happened to Zuko's mom? No, 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 no kids, move on. Moving on. and uh, But The Promise, I think you can pretty much skip. Uh, see, see, I like the promise because like the it's promise. it's that story that you would always figure would happen in something like Star Wars, where it's like, look, just because you defeated the evil empire doesn't mean the war is over. If yeah. anything, things are going to get worse now because there's certain colonies and certain groups that did better under Fire Nation control. Right, uh, and I, I liked the the implications of that, but I was like, 
isn't this a little too little too late? Like, are we really doing this episode now? Like, it was just well, kind of the odd. fact that another war almost breaks out. Yes. Uh, thanks to uh, was it thanks to Zuko and the Earth King, who we didn't mention before, who nice guy but totally impotent politician, who almost again starts another war just to try and get some of his metaphorical manhood back. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. I, I and, the, and and the fact that the colony that they're all fighting over is what will become Republic City. Yes. yes. I thought it was interesting that they did inevitably tie that in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked that, especially when I was because I think season one of Core had already aired at that point. Yes. And so had. you're like, okay, cool. Like I'm seeing some threads being put together because. And, and, and the promise for those of you wondering is literally Zuko saying, "Hey, if I become an evil tyrant like my father, you gotta promise to kill me, Pinky yeah. Swear." Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, dude, what? (laughs) And, but it makes sense because it's almost like a self-aware Sozin and uh, history repeating itself. Roku moment. Yeah, it's just, it's a different, it's a very different Sozin. Yeah. Which I dig. Um, I, I love that when Aang is like conferring with all the past avatars, they all have a different take on his situation and what he should do. And yeah. some are like, no, Aang, you must be true to yourself and be, you know, respectable. And other avatars like, yo, kill that fool sucker. Kill him dead. Now that, okay. The, the other air avatar is like, you got to do what you got to do. Yes. Yeah. And like, that's what we're, Aang's like, I am so not gonna listen to any of these guys <laughs> you were all a little murder happy kyoshi's yeah. like i killed the dude i killed lots of people i thought at least the air avatar would be like got on my, my side but no yeah now okay really quick the end of the show going back to the end to the third season the introduction of the lion turtle for me was yeah. a little convenient yeah. It's a little deus ex, but they, they would do more with the lion turtle in Korra, but I'm guessing you never watched that. I, I watched a no, lot more of Korra <laughs> than I have any business watching. But um, did you watch the lion turtle episode of Korra where they kind of do like the creation myth yes. of the entire Avatar? Okay. Yes, I saw all of I saw how they how they how they ruined uh, Bendik and everything. Yeah, but uh, is, I, is the, that okay? I, again, we'll save that for the Korra. Yeah, that's the Korra episode. And the Korra episode is going to be a lot. It's going to be a very different atmosphere. <laughs> like, like season three of Avatar: The Last Airbender, it'll be darker than <laughs> than this one. Um, I, I also liked that throughout. If you watch the, I think there's lion turtle imagery throughout the season, mm-hmm. throughout the series, though. So at least the, yeah. they set that up. Like, okay, there's lion turtle like imagery. Like he's there, and maybe we were gonna get there, but it only we had to we had to push it all the way to the end of the show. Uh, another very kind of Asian thing to have a turtle creature, you know, like the, the creator of the world, you know, the world on the back of a turtle and everything and all that other yes. stuff. That's, that was cool. Um, but I felt like it was a little convenient, and he's like. Cause Aang, to come at the 11th hour and be like, hey, here's the power you needed. Right, well, it's like, to come at the 11th hour and say, I know that all your resources have tell, have told you something you can't use, but here's this special thing, here's a special god machine that will solve all your problems. And I was like, really? Here's a, here's a machine that makes dreams come true. I came yeah. from yeah. the future. Yeah, all you gotta do is wish for a happy ending. Um... You just got to all join hands and then wish the Phoenix Force away really hard. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, exactly. God damn it. But, you know, but then again, they play with the repercussions of, you know, uh, Ozai being alive in the comics. And even now in the newest story, we're seeing uh, Neo Fire Nation imperialists who are just like, oh, we need to go back to this, you know, reinstate Ozai. It was better under him. That sounds very first order. That's on the table. Yes, that's cool. Um, I, I liked that Aang was like, no, I'm not going to compromise who I am. 
like I am the avatar for a reason and I like I can't kill him. And I, I will find another way. And I'll, I, I, don't I, don't even, even, I don't even kill my own meat. I can't kill a human being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what, but the, the solution for taking his bending away, uh, perfect solution. It's an interesting idea. I don't think you needed the lion to do that. Just say I somehow did. You well, know? just say like, you know, like, look, no avatar has ever been in my position and they've never needed to approach this problem from this angle. And I've, I've consulted with all, I've conferred with all the past avatars and they all basically say that they don't have a solution. So I'm the only one who's like, who's not going to listen to them and do something else. And again, not to mention core again, but as we find out with taking bending powers away, you don't need lion turtle god magic to do it if you're just really good at water bending. Well, that's actually yeah. the water bending. All right, well, we won't talk about that. But like, yeah, I, I was just gonna say that like debending or rebending, which is what I called it, was like something that you prop that like the avatar should just be able to do, like. If you're in the Avatar state or whatever, because you're making like, it up, you might as well. Nice, or I'll take your powers away. Yeah, like I don't know if I feel how I feel about that. All right, fair um, enough. Because then yeah, you are I, making them like God, jury, and executioner. You know, there. I have like I, part of this feels like that was like they didn't know what they were gonna do. Yeah. But I have too much faith in the team to not imagine that this wasn't the plan. Yeah. You know, but like that was the one thing that for me felt like it, there were there weren't very many like seeds planted to lead us to that no you know, we all knew that ang did not want to kill the fire lord but they didn't really hint at anything or like you know give us any sort of foreshadowing to this no there was no like sign on the wall there was no like passing line or 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 like belief or comment in which a character says even ang says like i know there is another way somewhere like, right. I mean, like, even if he had gone back to the spirit world, like, mm. even if he had, like, used the chakras in some way, you know? Yeah, like, that's that what I was expecting. Something. Like, if he had met the lion turtle on one of his journeys into the spirit yeah. world, that might have given me, like, that, like, I don't know. You know, it just would have been different. I would have been okay if they had even, if, like, he ran into, like, when he runs into uh, Roku on Fang. Uh, when they're in the spirit world, when they deal with the mm. panda monster, yeah. and and he and and Aang says something like, "Whoa!" Hey, like what? I said, "Hey, bye." Yeah, where he's <laughs> like, "Whoa, a dragon!" And like Roku says something like, "Dragons are not the biggest living thing on this planet." <laughs> you know, like something like some kind of reference to like a greater power. Man, you think dragons are nuts? I've seen stuff that would blow your mind. Yeah, I've seen shit that'll turn you white. Uh, also, <laughs> but I'm already white, Roku. Uh, whiter. I mean, like a ghost. Uh, the um, the the thing that we need to talk about that we haven't yet, and it's just because it's one of my favorite episodes, is when uh, Sozin and Roku battle on the volcano, and Fang mm. sacrifices his life to. <laughs> talking about Sozin and Roku like I had that memory of him the avatar and the fire lord well and the friggin and when like clearly Roku's gonna die and then Fang his dragon curls up around him and dies with him and you're like that's fucked yeah (laughs) like amazingly great beautiful moment yeah it really is like uh, those two like that I'm so glad we got that history Mm -hmm, you know and I love the way that we got it got a whole episode devoted to it yeah and that was just spectacular like can I I was going to say, can we talk, too, about, like, bending in general, like, the many different styles? 
can I just say here, and I know I've said this on other stuff, and I stand by water bending is OP, right? We can all agree on it that. It became that OP. Is the best one. I think it became OP when they made it like tied into everything and make it make you be able to take away fucking like powers and shit with it. It's like think about it. You can do water. You can do ice. Yeah. You can heal, so it's the only one of the bending things that actually has like a defensive medicinal skill. You can. You can do bloodbending, which is the most evil, most horrible, you know, uh, forbidden technique. Yeah. And as we've shown, you can also use it to take away powers if you're clever enough. Exactly. Oh, and you get boosted. But what was it you get boosted by? You get boosted by, like, the full moon or something? How many full moons are there every year? Yeah, yeah no, but every, like, hundred years, you'll get it. Like, the firebenders get a comet. I was going to say, and yet they got trounced. Yes, and yeah. yet they were just so decimated. Their entire people. Yeah. Yeah. No. Got royally defeated. It's, yeah. I mean, like, I get that, like, we're 70% water or whatever, and that it take, covers, like, you know, a lot of the planet and stuff like that. Like, we're technically all connected to water more than fire and, like, rocks. Yeah. But a little OP, and if, especially if, you're, if your message is that all the nations all are equal. equal. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you can't do both. I don't know. I feel like that's weak. There's also more water on the Earth than there is anything else. Yeah. I was just going to say. What's amazing, though, is they didn't spend a whole lot of time in areas that were overflowing with water. It's true. Yeah. Like we and then you get into the weird positions, too, with, like, mud and lava, where it's like, well, shouldn't technically both types of benders be able to control that if there's equal amounts of both? In right? <laughs> Which they did do sort of. I mean, like, they, they you know, like, uh, Toph can do the mud when they're fighting that big thing that's going to attack um, Ba Sing Se, right. the right. machine. Yeah. So. The phallic drilling machine. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a little phallic. It's like, I shall penetrate the walls of this impenetrable city in my phallic drill machine. Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh. It's basically just the, the transport module from the Technodrome. It totally is. Yeah. Um, this is for, for Ninja Turtles for all like, you younger fans. Uh, also, hey, another cool theme of the Avatar stuff, this kind of magic versus technology thing, how the Fire Nation is evil, even though the Fire Nation is clearly pushing technological advancements way more than any of the other nations are. Yes. I Except like that. when we meet those Earthbenders who took over, or not Earthbenders, mm. but those people who took Moved over into the, the Air, Air, Air Temple. Temple. Yeah. And again, like, we put technology in the eye of being bad because of what they did, but at least Aang kind of realizes, eh, like, yeah. oh, that's I, right. I don't really have claim over this anymore. Yeah. You you left, Aang. You're, you know. Yeah. But, but Someone in the chat mentioned um, Ko the Face Stealer. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's one of those things that that's an early season one thing where you're like, like, what the hell's happening? Like, yeah. You're, like, finding out more. Omar from The Wire. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, it's just these little things where we're like, are kids watching this right now? Are they? Yeah. Can you get this? I, I mean, like, look, there's horrible, sh there's horrifying shit in all of children's literature. Uh, oh, there is, but and, like, it's... But it's time to bring that shit back. For me, yeah, like, yeah. it's time to bring that, like, horror back in a children's, like, media. Kids need media. to be scared in the They need to be life. scared. Like, look, like, all the 80s movies that kids grew up with, Labyrinth, a goblin king with a huge dick is gonna come into your house and steal your little baby brother. You know, like... <laughs> David Bowie's gonna sing Dance Magic Dance and make you look at his pack. And try to bang your underage sister. Like, there's lots of crazy shit that we all grew up with that made us interesting people. Uh, yeah. it, it's time to put that back into the real oh, world. Oh, no, I agree, but it's just, like, it hasn't hadn't been there. And no, it's true. See it is, was like, whoa. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Ko and the face dealer was on, like, what the fuck? And they don't touch on Ko again until, like, the search, and even then he doesn't even really show up. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah that's, it's messed up. It is. Like, Ko the face dealer, 
awesome. Yes, still- I, I, I've heard way more interesting theories about Co that ended up not actually panning out. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, and- but, but you know what? His first appearance is so good. Maybe he didn't need another one. That's right. It's true. You know what? It would have diminished his appearance because he's yeah. so scary and he's so cool and he has such a like dark back like backstory that has direct connections with certain avatars that you do meet later. And you're like, this is like, it would diminish him to have him like show up again and be a problem. And you know, it's just weak, but other episodes that are kind of scary, but not, but like just not quite right. Like the library. Yeah. The library and the owl and shit. That was amazing. too. Scary as does come back in Korra actually. Yeah. But that knowledge is that, but like the fact that they're, they're underground and the only thing holding it up is you know is tough you yeah. know like holding the library up yeah and that's when like of course that's when op is taken but i mean that whole episode is dark yep it's mm-hmm. scary it's you know what i mean like there's so many things that could go wrong there first of all you're dealing with this really bizarre owl second of all they could literally be buried alive and third of all like one of our you know side characters who we all love deeply is you know being taken like these guys managed to balance these episodes and create tension in a world that is also filled with immense comedy. And I, I oh, think yeah. that's really like my hat off to them. Yeah. yeah. That's the understated thing of Avatar. Like it's a funny show. Yeah. But it's also incredibly deep and like sorrowful and remorse. Like you, you think it makes you think more than most shows that I watch it's with true. like with adults in it. <laughs> Sokka drinking cactus juice out yes. there in the desert and freaking out. Yeah. Yes, and then eating the honey after he finally gets mm-hmm. over the cactus juice. Like, what? what's wrong with you, <laughs> Control um, yourself. All right, so uh, brilliantly, brilliantly right. voice. Oh, no, it's all right. Uh, I want to mention thing we have to talk about, which would be Secret Tunnel. Secret Tunnel. Oh, God, I friggin' love Chong and the Nomads. All their stuff so is amazing. It's stuck in my head on a, like, at least once a month. It is, it is Secret a, tunnel, it is a, Secret tunnel it is like every couple of weeks it comes up. <laughs> it's so good. It's that, like, I wish they had released a full version of this. I would buy <laughs> the Nomads album. Right? Yes, right? Yeah. But, like, that's the, another just... amazing example of being able to have, a, like, a lot of levity still have a meaningful episode yeah. and then still put in these things where you're like, this is a, kind of a dark and scary world. Like to actually have crafted a world in which there is good and bad and to feel like happy, like happily to show it to, to us, the viewer. Like, yeah. Why do you have a red hey, mark on your people. face? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that episode is people for just people for real, man. I love that, like, hey, do you guys want to come with us? No. Okay. Goodbye. And then they yeah. leave, and you're like, yay. Good. <laughs> Talk about a joke kids wouldn't get that the lead guy's name is Chong. It's a reference to Tommy right? Chong. Yeah, like, hey, man, it's all cool. I'm having a nice time right now. <laughs> We're ancient Asian hippies. <laughs> we all go to a con. We should all go as, 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 as the nomads. As the nomads. <laughs> I like this idea. Right? <laughs> <laughs> So good. So, so good. Uh, Andrea Romano was the voice casting director for the show, which is like saying that uh, Steven Spielberg's directing the next movie you want to watch uh, <laughs> because she is so great and she has such a like breadth of work under her belt that is oh, yeah. like unparalleled. And anytime She's got so many freaking Emmys and, and she has like a Rolodex that I envy because oh, she's God. worked with everyone. 
and uh, she pulls out all the stops of the show. Which is on every big show, and you know when Andrea Romano con- or calls, you know you gotta go do it. You gotta do yeah. it, and uh, and so just a couple of shout outs, of course, like the 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 core can't gang the team avatar brilliantly voice cast i'd never heard any of their voices before uh katara i had heard because she was in a what movie yeah. was she in she was in uh she was a scott she was in scott pilgrim wasn't she she was the, okay she yeah was the ninja wasn't she yeah i didn't see scott pilgrim. And, and, <laughs> and, and her father her her father is someone famous actually yeah, may yeah. whitman is katara and her dad is someone famous yes oh that's right and of course uh rufio from hook is yep. Sokka? I mean, uh, Zuko? What a freaking pull for that, Zuko. What a freaking pull for that. We're going to get goddamn Rufio. Yeah, we'll get this kid that's literally been in nothing. I mean, like, right? he's been in stuff, I'm sure. But, you know, to be to be this hilarious, like, to be this, 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 this millennial joke character and then be this incredibly deep, amazing... To, to give it 110. He like, really and swings... Treat, and treat it like, you know, I'm going to get my Oscar for this. Yeah. He was robbed because he's so brilliant. Mako. Oh, May Whitman, Sal, you know her. I do know May Whitman. I, well, I, she did, um, I was just looking her up. She did, um, she was a little Susie in Johnny Bravo. Oh, <laughs> oh that's right, she was. <laughs> oh, she, mama. Pat, Pat Music is the one she's related to. Oh, okay. Oh. Like, like Lorenzo Music? Her, uh, well, I think, yeah, same family. Oh, that's awesome. L- Lorenzo Music, who was Garfield, right? Garfield and Pete Venkman for a little while. Nice. He was he was Pete Venkman until Bill Murray said that he sounded too much like him, and then they fired him, and then Dave Coulier came in to do a Lorenzo music impression. <laughs> Fucking in greatest, stupid. In the greatest thing he ever did, Dave Coulier. Yeah. Or, no, no, that's not true. Dave Coulier was perfect for inspiring that Alanis Morissette song that everybody likes. Ah, there you go. Yes, very true. That's who uh, she's uh, bitching about. A whole album of saying what a jackass. Yeah, yeah. Jagged Little Pill is thank you, Dave Collier, for pissing off Alanis Morissette because so much that she created. That so album much rocks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, and then of course like uh, George Takei plays that admiral for a, one episode. That one episode. Amazing. Just oh. <laughs> that. Can you George Takei? Can you do a George Takei impression for us? Because he's Basically. like, oh yes, I can. He also does that, um, that, I can't remember what the line is, where he, like, Oh, do you think that a few inspirational words and some coal will help these people? Yes! Like, what are you doing, George? Do you want to take that again? No, I don't. I'll cash my check today. Wouldn't take George is what they told me. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Excelsior, engage. It's so great uh, that uh, Takei showed up in an episode of Clone Wars 2 playing one of those racist Asian aliens, and he basically just did the exact same thing <laughs> in this Avatar. Thing. I love that. That's I was on amazing. Star Trek, now I'm on Star Wars, too. This oh, no, I play a trade federation. Like, the funny thing is he's not nearly as racist. Like, he didn't do it as nearly as racist as probably the not-Asian people that play the trade federation. It's true. New to Gunray. God damn it. Let's not talk about that. I can't uh, believe you remember that that's his name, Newt Gunray. Yep. I uh, talk about Newt Gunray more than Newt Gunray deserves. It's true. <laughs> I, I talk about Newt Gunray almost as much as I talk about Dexter Jexter. Ah, <laughs> oh, love that guy. He owned a coffee shop. Anyway, that's so weird. Who else is in? Oh. Uh, Mark Hamill, of course. 
uh, the tears the house down. Um, Jennifer Wait. Hale Thank plays. You. I was like, you gotta get to as her. the bounty hunter as the... and also as who as Kiyoshi, I think too, wasn't? She? I think she was. June, and uh, <laughs> I love her. I met her. Yeah. Oh, did you really? I did, and then Sal went. I just, I just literally gushed at her, and then I left. And she was like, like "You're so great. I remember you from I, in the world's crumb, San Diego. We gotta go by." I essentially verbally right. threw up on this woman because like she has voiced every character. Everybody. And then she went back and got her to record a message for me, which Aww. I still have. And it's just like it's one of the most inspiring and uplifting things ever. It's ah. It's true. She oh. was she was super cool. And she had a, like, when I went back, there was no line. I'm just like, excuse me, Ms. Hale. You know, like, you're you're a titan. Uh, can, like, can I steal some minutes of, 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 of airtime from you? Um, you, you? You made our lives and our childhoods magical. Would you please do me one more thing? Let me tell you something. That was an amazing day. That was Kineticon two years ago. And it was Jennifer Hale. It was Maurice LaMarge <sighs> and Rob Paulson. Ah, oh, so good. Maurice Lamarge, and I, I didn't talk to him. He seemed a little busy and a little, like, I, I apparently he's really awesome, but he seemed a little standoffish at that moment, and he seemed kind of busy, and I was like, I don't want to pit, I don't want my memory of Maurice Lamarge to be negative. Be yelling at you. So, the brain yelled at me. But I really, but I wanted to do, to talk to him about the thing. I've been laughing at his Orson Welles impression probably so since good. 1992 93 like also in pinky and the brain when they did that great war of the worlds thing yeah the thing i'll always remember him for of course is where he played orson wells in the critic where he's like rosebud frozen peas full of <laughs> full of country goodness and green penis wait that's terrible <laughs> i quit <laughs> and just a handful for the road <laughs> So good. I've been crying. I've, I've literally been like, like, been crying about that since 1993, whatever. And I want to be like, I want to go up to him and be like, "You're amazing!" But he's busy. But then I talked to Rob Paulson, and I still subject. Okay, really quick aside, because we're at a, we're at an hour and a half. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. You know what? Team Avatar, amazing show. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Final thoughts on Avatar: The Last Airbender? really good really solid really surprising three season show I yeah mean, i think it's definitely up there i remember ign a few years back did like you know like you know cartoon face-off where it's like you know what was the greatest cartoon and i think it was avatar the last airbender versus batman the animated series and i'm like okay for me it's batman the animated series but it's like a whole but for a whole new generation, I could see why they would pick Avatar. Yes. Like, Avatar is a deeper show with more intricate character development, but Batman wins me. <laughs> I would, I'm sorry. I'd have to go with Avatar. I think Avatar is a better story-driven show. It's an and overall that's what it is for me. Yeah. Like, I love the animated series. I love Batman. I absolutely do. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I think that Avatar is a better story yeah i think it's one of those things that taken as a whole it is greater than the sum of its parts easily and i think that's 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 something you know really amazing that you can say about it's like this ties together really well yeah me avatar did something that most western shows won't do but eastern shows will they had a story they told it and then they were done yeah like the the last airbender was like we had the beginning of our story and the end of our story and we're not telling anything beyond that like this is the last airbender that's it yeah Except like, for all those comics that we told later. Except for all those comics. But show-wise, the guys had their idea. And technically, in a lot of Asian you know, animes, 
the anime will have here's the show there you go and the manga might still go on yeah so yeah, exactly. in a sense they really did follow that but like that's so impressive it had and, a beginning and, middle and end rise yeah. and fall character development yep. and it worked it's right true. like in a in, in such a like a western dominated culture that we have being in the west like and it being <laughs> all about are. getting as many seasons as possible and making as much money as you can off of it to have the integrity to say no yeah is I, I you got to run it into the ground until it's not fun anymore until everyone's flanderized exactly. versions of themselves exactly. and you've lost and sight of what you're doing it's yeah one of those shows that because of that integrity because of their their love for it because of their skilled world building the incredible soundtrack which i know i briefly mentioned but i still hate the fact that they just didn't put that out there like I, they could have made so much bank off of that uh, also i mean any show that can be enjoyed by kids and adults you know simultaneously yeah. that's work. for that, different reasons that is mm -hmm. that, that is a challenge and it takes exactly. actual talent to make happen and but not they, everyone goes for all ages appeal anymore because right. it's difficult oh yeah, yeah even they did uh, even those people abandoned it around season two of cora they were like ah it's for teenagers fuck it and we'll talk about that when we get to Korra. That's yeah right. they, they made That's a choice right. they made a deliberate choice and this show was like no it, what i think is amazing about this show is that you can like if you run into someone who doesn't know it who isn't a fan like who just didn't missed it somehow they completely missed it you can say with certainty you should watch this show because there's yeah. not going to be a moment in the show where you're like, well, and then like season like 16 really goes downhill. That's the but thing. Like seasons three through seven are pretty good. No, here's a show beginning, middle and end going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, apparently the whole soundtrack is on Spotify, Tiffany. I know. I see that. <laughs> I see your reaction. I, I'm not going to lie. And I, I don't mind if this is going to go up there and screw you Nickelodeon. I contacted them. I sent them like a letter. I was like, I, I want this. I want to buy it. Why won't you do it? They never got back to me. No. So then after they didn't get back to me, I went and I started finding it illegally. And <laughs> <laughs> I think you pretty much like hobbled together a decent enough I did. soundtrack. And my favorite song, my absolute favorite song, other than Leaves from the Vine, which made me sad every time I heard it came on, so um, was the Azula and Zuko duel at the oh, end. Oh, with the, with, the, with the sticks? Yeah, it is. Oh, it was, it's called The Last Agni Kai. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Because it's exactly it is. the last Agni Kai is one of my all-time favorite songs, period. Yeah. It's I amazing. totally incriminated myself. <laughs> but, yes, uh, like, come on, Nickelodeon, come at me. Don't come at no me. No, come at us, please. No, no, just not not, not you, just me. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, great show. Uh, such fond memories. Enjoy, like, and it has such rewatchability. If you are a fan, I know I had this in the background. I highly recommend picking this book up. It is filled with some of the most spectacular art you're going to see. Yep. It's published so by Dark Horse, I think, and yep. uh, you can pick it up. You know what? Yeah. I'll make a it's link just, right now. It's the art of the animated series. It is literally, like, it's so amazing to be able to go through and see some of the concepts for early, you know, designs for characters to be like, wow, I'm sure glad they didn't go with that. Yeah, or, <laughs> wow, I can't believe they didn't go with that. Yeah, They, and, they and also re-released the show just recently on Blu-ray, I think, with a new Blu-ray collection. Cool. That's awesome. You remember the um, remember the armor that Aang tries on? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that, I do remember that. Yeah, they mentioned that in here because that was like someone came to them and was like, "We should try doing this, like for a toy, that kind of thing." And they like, you know, like, oh, it's a total show note. Yeah, exactly. So then they put it in there as a joke. So like, look, this we need lava attack Aang. <laughs> it's amazing how much they didn't do that, like in the show where they didn't like, and I don't remember there really being very many 
Avatar The Last Airbender toys at all. I remember there, there being was. some crappy video games, but I don't remember there being any really... A lot of crappy video games. Yeah, and of course they were like, yeah, book two, the video game. F you, I'm not going to fucking play that. The, 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 the biggest thing, or at least the biggest legacy of the Avatar The Last Airbender video games is that I think one of them, back, uh, back during like Xbox achievements and everything, one had like the largest list of achievements you could get in the shortest amount of time. Wow. Really? That makes sense. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Ugh, have they, achievements for everything. Have they made a Lego game for Avatar The Last Airbender? Because that would be... No, a, they, they haven't and they should. It's a real thing they need to do. Check out this. I, I'm surprised they never tried to do like an RPG, like my ideal situation. <gasps> that was something we were like really... Yes. If Bioware did like an Avatar The Last Airbender RPG, it was like, okay, you are the Avatar. You are the chosen one. You get to pick your class. You get to pick your element. And then you collect a team of characters in the same archetype as the one in the show. We did it for Star Wars, we did it with Dragon Age, and we'll do it for this. Too. But see, I thought we were going to the world, I thought we were just a citizen of the world. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Come okay. in as whatever we wanted. Well, that's what the D&D homebrew for Avatar The Last Airbender <laughs> is, where yeah. you can pick your class and be just a person. Yes, I wanted an Avatar The Last Airbender MMO. Mm, that's what I, I was hoping. They did. They made something like that. Like It was like a browser game that they launched like right after the show ended and it was terrible. it was terrible it was just not it was not worth it why aren't i shocked i know right well because no one's playing it like people would still be playing it today um but anyway avatar the last airbender an amazing show uh we have a link for the art book in the description box below this video and i want to thank my guests today who i'm unfortunately lost their uh current and live visages but i know have... which i realized i was showing the book to nobody i know yeah. i know but you don't have to look at it in the video you could just look at it for yourself go it's pick so up a copy good. it's hard bound it's beautiful it's also big it's like an oversized like art book it's not it is. it's not like really big wait so it's... hang on yeah tiffany will bring it in here but uh, you could pick that up in the description box below this video. And uh, by the, by all means, please uh, watch the show if you haven't already. Here's the book. It's yes, great. Please. It's really big and fun. And it's made by Dark Horse. So it's brilliantly bound and well, like, it's, it's you know, glossy pages and, you know, background <laughs> it's art. It's pretty. But uh, watch the show if you haven't already. If you have yeah. seen the show, watch it again or show a friend because it's an yeah. amazing thing. And we could always use more people oh. on Team Avatar. Man, it's you know two. what? You know what's a great idea? What's that? If you're not into the Super Bowl, but you feel like having a party and then your friends are, ah. have them over. Yeah. Watch nice. an Avatar. Throw an Avatar party. It's about as long as watching the actual game, so. Yeah, it's yeah. true. That, that's fine. You can watch the trailers later, everybody. That's what everyone else does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true. Actually, some of them are released, like, the day before now, so... They are, I know, right? So that's destroyed. And um, I'm sure Budweiser will do another Clydesdale horse commercial that will make you cry. Oh, my God! Time. Yeah, what the hell? Don't They're make me sad. Iro's Tales from Ba Sing Se episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, and at the end, drink Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. In memory of Budweiser. At what point did Budweiser just decide we're gonna make you cry every year now? So then you'll want to drink. Well, it used to be. It used to be that we'll like make you laugh with our hilarious frogs. But now let's actually make it like a thing. We'll set a tragic uh, horse thing to the song Landslide, and then you'll be just oh. a gibbering mass by the oh, end. What the hell? Like, I am... No. Don't do that anymore. But I anyway. remember I watched that one later in, like, a compilation of Super Bowl commercials. I'm like, I'm really glad no one's here right now, because <laughs> if, if I had to explain that I was crying because of a beer commercial, I'd never live it down. It's true. 
Um, so we will do a Legend of Korra episode down the line, but I think That's we're gonna we're gonna get back to comics in the next episode. We're not quite sure what the episode's gonna be, but it'll probably be about sidekicks or uh, something. something. Somebody sent me a tweet today, and I was like, I love that idea. Let me see if I can pull it up really. Quick. When we throw our darts at the board for ideas, we'll see which one comes up. Yeah. Oh, somebody wanted to talk about the somebody wanted us to to attack the Wizard Magazine casting calls. Ah. <laughs> Oh, those That'd are awesome. Fun. And maybe do like one of our own, and I think that's a great idea. You guys that would be fun. That. I would also like to do another versus thing like we did before, where I, I have a list made up of just a bunch of very similar S characters from DC and Marvel. I think we should run that down. Just I so agree. Be like, hey, you know, Sunfire, Firestorm, who wins that fight? I love that idea. I think that's a great one. Um, we should, you know what? I got, I've got the, the the casting call pick. It's Marvel Phase Five after the reboot. <laughs> um but yeah so uh what do we got going on on your channels ladies and gentlemen uh so much content over at cape joel the first episode of the comic multiverse podcast was released this week nice that's me and my blood sweat comics co-host matt back again doing a brand new show we've expanded it now now we talk about a little bit of everything we talk about comic news we talked about those leak luke cage picks uh, we joked about the Fine Brothers, which is hilarious that they reversed their whole thing by the time the I new episode came out. <laughs> love that. Yeah. Yeah. We chatted about that. Uh, if you go over to my channel right now, you will see my review of Spider-Man number one. That's the brand new Miles Morales Spider-Man book. Which it, is, is it is exactly as good as I was hoping it was going to be. Yes, it is. Nice. Bendis does not miss a beat nope. in that one. And really Pacelli has never been better. I've never yeah. seen Blackheart be as cool as he is in this book. <laughs> I know, right? What a villain to throw at Miles for the first issue and Blackheart. I love that because it's like, it, it, who's more quintessentially Marvel and not Ultimate than Mephisto's demon? <laughs> like, I, I, I like to think that Ben just just like spun a big wheel and it's like, okay, we're just going to stop by Mephisto, okay. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, check out Cape Joel. There's a link for his channel in the description box below this video. Uh, as far as Tiff and I go, uh, tomorrow we're going to be launching, um, back issues. It's the return of Superman or reign um. of the Superman. Back when Superman died, we did a death of Superman episode. This one is going to be when Superman comes back. We're going to launch that episode probably in the next hour and a half. So if you stick Ooh. around also, uh, if you want to check out other channels, NerdSync and I did a little collaboration video oh, and there's a, you know? there's an episode right now out uh, I talk about back issues of all things. It's really That's stretched cool. my creative muscles to talk about something else. Um, I, I am also prominently featured on NerdSync. In fact, I will probably have a video going up there this Friday, should the editor get it done in time. I talk about the great lawsuit between Tony Moore and uh, Robert Kirkman oh, over nice. The Walking Dead. For that's, super suits. That's the show I do over there. That's a rough. That's a rough one. I remember that. Well, I'm not that got ugly I when I was researching that. Yeah. What's up, Tiff? Well, I'm not on NerdSync, but I have an Appa plushie. You Yay. do. I'm kind of <laughs> jealous of that. That is an amazing plush. I know, um, right? And nobody can see it but you, Joel. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> let's see what else is going on. Uh, we I got heard the back people issues. want Hack and Splash to come back. I would love to see Hack and Splash come back, and maybe next week you might. We'll see what happens. Aww. But uh, if if we do, by the way. By all means, you know, if you can, whore it out. Tell everybody you can, and let's get this show back on back on, on top. The road. 
Um, how I feel about that. But yeah, we're going to see uh, Hack and Splash come back, Back Issues, uh, Return of Superman, Nerd Sync. We have good a crossover. Indie books out there. There's Huck. There's Southern Bastards. There's a lot to talk about. You know what's funny? I have I have the first issue of Huck. I haven't read it yet. I know we're beyond the first issue at this page. Uh, at this point, the only reason I picked it up was because the cover was a parody of Field of Dreams. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Isn't that Field a great Dreams, cover? Field of Dreams, take. <laughs> Got it. So yeah, we'll see you guys next week with an all-new episode of Elseworlds Exchange, barring our schedules being you know, incompatible at any point. And we'll, uh, we're busy people. We're busy folk. we got a lot of stuff going on, as you can tell. And uh, we'll see you guys next time, hopefully, with another episode of Elseworlds Exchange. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was great to be it having you. Nice. Yeah, this was nice. It was a great idea to, to bring you in. I'm glad we had, had to it. get another fan voice in here that's not just us. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it was a great topic to bring me in on because I love this show that's the thing we were actually joel and i were, were <laughs> yeah. planning behind the scenes i'm like if tiffany can't be on what are we gonna what episode are we gonna do because we got something else and you almost got the venture brothers episode but instead you, all, you all you were this close to venture brothers because that <laughs> came back this it's week. true where i could talk about how i didn't watch the last two seasons of the show <laughs> <laughs> but i'd be able to tell you my venture brothers story which i'll save for another day um, i think you did tell your venture brothers story on here meeting jackson public and doc hammer yep we got but i can show my picture Oh, picture, you need my picture. Yeah, it's Tiffany. I'm not in it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty sweet. Um, it is. That, I look like such a dork. I think that was after season two had was already was was in progress. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for watching, and don't forget to like and subscribe and check out Cape Jewel in the uh, description box below this video. See you guys later. Yep, Thank yep, you. yep, yep, everybody. Good one. <laughs>